Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. That was my stomach. Did you hear that? <laughs> I hope you're doing well today. I think I may be hungry. Today I have a special interview. I am honored that I got to interview Dr. Shafali. Um, for those of you that aren't aware of her and her work, she is the author of The Conscious Parent, which was endorsed by Oprah as one of the most profound books on parenting. And I have to agree. She also went on to write Out of Control and The Awakened Family. And in this book, A Radical Awakening, she is speaking to women on how to transcend their fears and illusions, to break free from societal expectations, and rediscover the person they were always meant to be, fully present, conscious, fulfilled, and free. I found this book to be life-altering, especially in this current chapter of my life where I am really having to do a hard shift. This was a perfect book for me to read, so I'm so glad that I got to binge listen to it. I actually listened to it on Audible. It made a huge impact on how I perceive life, parenting, motherhood, humanhood, and all of those other hoods. It's gotten fantastic reviews. Eckhart Tolle said, a radical awakening will be of great help to anyone who is ready to transcend the limitations of their personal as well as cultural conditioning and awake to their true nature as the eternal presence of consciousness itself. According to Oprah Winfrey, she said, the world needs to know trailblazing, life-enhancing, a radical awakening is one of those books you'll want to keep on your nightstand. So I dive into radical awakening with Dr. Shafali, but I try to hone in on the areas that I think would impact us the most as far as parenting our kids with anxiety or OCD and the things that come with that, how we attach our child's success or failure to our own success or failure, or how we get bogged down and feel like victims of just parenting, that we have to raise kids with these struggles and all the things that often come with being a parent, being a mother, and raising our kids with anxiety or OCD. Her book goes far beyond the things that we touch on in this episode, and I definitely recommend reading A Radical Awakening and looking at life and awareness and consciousness from a different perspective. So before we dive into that, I do want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by NoCD. I appreciate that. And NoCD provides online OCD therapy in the US, UK, Australia, and even parts of Canada now to schedule your free 15-minute consultation to see if NoCD is a right fit for you or your child, or even to just get an assessment to see if your child has OCD, you can go to treatmyocd.com and I'll leave a link in the show notes. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Shafali. Well, I want to welcome Dr. Shafali to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So I devoured your book, um, mm -hmm. A Radical Awakening. It's actually a really good timing for me because my husband just passed away a couple of months ago suddenly. And wow. I'm like in this process of awakening and, oh. you know, kind of on my spiritual path. So it was just very ironic that they reached out for me to interview you because I probably wouldn't have read the book, you know, and it really has guided me. So just on a personal note, I want to thank you because it's been life-changing. Oh, wow. I'm so happy to have helped in whatever small way. Uh, I'm so happy. So thank you for saying that to me. 
Yeah. I mean, and I really can't do the book justice in this quick interview, but I wanted to pick out some of the points that I thought would really impact the parents, the moms that listen to the show who are raising kids with anxiety, no CD. It's all ages that they're raising these, these kids with these struggles. And I am too. So I'm a mom to three kids with anxiety, no CD. Everybody should read the book. Cause there's, I mean, it's a journey, but mm-hmm. the nuggets that I wanted to explore with you, cause I really wanted to like maximize our time is parents who are raising kids with anxiety and OCD, you know, moms, we were quick to blame ourselves. We're quick to um, kind of attach, attach ourselves to their problems to the point where yes. our kids struggle, we struggle. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. I wonder if you can talk about that. I love, I love how you talk about detachment. Mm-hmm. I think that gets confusing to some people. Yeah, let me explain. So you know, I've written many books on parenthood and conscious parenting. So I really recommend those to your audience in particular. And uh, you should really read my book, The Conscious Parent and the Awakened Family, because there I talk about how we as mothers, especially so identify with our children that we actually lose ourselves. We so enmesh ourselves with their happiness and their pain that we cannot tolerate them having their own life experience. And I teach parents to detach from that enmeshment so that their children can have their life experiences without the mother feeling like she has failed or she's responsible for every moment of happiness for her kid. And I've been there. I've been that mother who's completely enmeshed. So I feel so passionately because I see the mother suffering when the kid suffers, and that actually perpetuates the kid's suffering. So I help parents to detach from that over-codependent enmeshed identity with their children so that their children can be free and less anxious in the long run. Yeah, and I, I love that. And also something that you just brought up is that it's okay for our kids to be unhappy. Yes. But they're going to have a range of emotions. I was actually just talking to my nine-year-old about this last night and this morning because you're in my head, you know, and I've said, it's okay to be unhappy. We don't have to have our kids be happy hundred percent. And that's very important when we're raising kids who are anxious because they're not going to be happy all the time. Yes. There's no such thing. And so this, this garbage BS idea that A, we need to be happy. B, we need to raise happy children, right? That's the goal of every parent. It's such a bogus idea. And number three, the adage that we should be only as happy as our least happy child. You know, you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. And all the parents go, oh, yeah, I'm only as happy as my least happy child. These are all toxic messages because they're garbage. Number one, there's no such thing as happiness. Whoever do you know who's lived a perfectly happy life? I would rather replace the word happy with authentic, with deep, with meaningful, with rich, with honest, with uh, transparent, right? Let's replace the word happy because it's just a bogus idea that makes us feel unhappy all the time. Number two, we need to make our children happy. What sort of rubbish is that? How can we control whether they get bullied at school? How can we control if they have sensory processing disorders or, you know, issues with food or they get you know, into a negative relationship when they're in their 30s. How is that our issue, right? Uh, And that sets us up for constantly feeling shame and guilt. It's, 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 It's a false idea. And then the last thing is that we should be only as happy as they are. 
is also just some insanity because it speaks to unhealthy enmeshment. You know, we are on our own path. They are on their own path. And after the age of like 10 or 12, we got to release our children to their own life experience. And yes, we need to guide them, help them intervene as much as we can, but we can't force them to be in good relationships. And it's not our fault if they're not. And, you know, it's same with our parents. When our parents felt that it was their responsibility to create some puppetry out of us, we we resented that. So in the same way, we need to release our children. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think it's good for people to hear that. I think they almost need permission because of just what, you know, they read or what, you know, is perpetuated out there that you don't have control over your child's success, whether you think you do or not. That's a fallacy anyway. Yes. Letting go of that. The book goes deeper though. And I feel like creating like a whole person as, as a parent and as a, as a woman, I feel like it was very powerful and I think the compassion part, when you talk about having compassion for yourself and only listening to yourself first, really resonated with me. And I think that it would resonate with my audience too. And I think a lot of times when people hear like have compassion for yourself, mm. I think it falls flat. It seems mm. like like almost like a cheesy thing to say. Yes, yes. <laughs> but what I mean by that is radical acceptance of all parts of yourself the finished and unfinished, the whole and the broken, the needy and the not needy. It's when we truly accept ourselves. So I have no compunction saying, you know, I'm really insecure right now. Or I will say now because I'm awakened, I'm really vulnerable right now. Or I'll say I'm needy right now. And owning the inner child within ourselves. Or I'll say, you know what, I'm feeling jealous right now. I know it's my inner child. I know it's my issue, but I really need to express this because I need to work through it. That is self-compassion. When you are not afraid to honor your inner child, instead of pretending like the inner child is not a raving lunatic, and we are acting out from the raving lunatic place, but we're pretending we don't have real feelings. So this is what it means to have radical compassion, is truly to honor what's going on inside us. Yeah, and I... Thank you for that. Cause I think that's a, a great way of explaining it. You know, I had this image when I was reading your book of um, you talked about, and I don't know why this just clicked with me when you were talking about it. Cause I mean, intellectually, I think I got this already, but just the way that you explained it, it's like, if we're not whole, you know, if we don't fully accept ourselves and are complete mm-hmm. and we really are giving our power away, then that that's a space that people get to fill for us. Right which is dangerous when we're parenting and someone else has an opinion about how we're parenting our child. How does that impact us? Where if we're compassionate for ourselves and we love ourselves and we're solid with ourselves, then that doesn't impact us on the level that it would if we were looking for acceptance. Right. So most of us have been trained, especially little girls who then become women like us to need validation and love from the outside. So because we've been so brainwashed to be the good girl, the pleasing girl, the conflict avoider, we don't have boundaries to honor ourselves. So by the time we reach adulthood, we are dismal at developing a powerful, connected relationship with ourselves. So then, of course, our marriage becomes identity. Our children become our identity. And we're constantly on the seesaw wanting this stuff from the outside, which really 
it puts us at great risk because when we get it, we're good. But when we don't get it, we fall apart. Yeah. And such a good thing for us to teach our kids too. You know, I think that, you know, you talk about, you know, your mom modeling kind of an empathetic way and, you know, that our parents model things for us. And I also like how you talk about um, kind of healing our own, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, being our own parent or healing our own parental history, which I I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I start to think about how it, how am I modeling my behavior for my kids, especially for my daughters? You know, just yesterday, my daughter, her siblings were teasing her and they were laughing at something she, she said that she didn't want, she didn't think it was funny. And, you know, she goes into, she took off this box now. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a big box. And so she's going in and she calls it her happy box. So she went in there and she wrote on the walls and she wrote, I'm worthless. And Aww. we woke up this morning and we talked about that. And I, you know, you think what kind of messages, I mean, not, not that I'm owning it because I'm detached, mm-hmm. but that someone else has the power to make you feel worthless. I know. It's because we've been trained by this crazy world that we live in that other people's opinion matters. And we women especially have given our power away to other people. And we need to reclaim that power back. And that's what this book, A Radical Awakening, ignites, uh, inspires, motivates, moves people, especially women, to do, to reclaim their inner liberation and own that they are worthy of their own celebration. Yeah. And it really systematically kind of goes through that in so many different ways and how you view so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked your perspective about life lessons as well. What is this teaching me? And I think that's something good to ask ourselves in everything. It's something that really shifts your perspective, but also in parenting What is this teaching me? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, everything is an outer reflection of our inner state of being. So everything in our life is a reflection of what's going on inside. Therefore, every moment is is an opportunity to turn inward to ask ourselves, how does this reflect me? What is this saying about me? So that's where you begin to understand that your life is an internal representation. And we begin to use the cues in our outer life to understand the internal representation. What does this mean about me? Where do I need to grow? And we use whatever's happening in the outside to direct the inner growth. And and that can really shift the energy that you have, I think, in an interaction or in a situation. Um, Not that we're all perfect and we're all very human where we're not going to always have this insight, but to say when I'm getting frustrated at my child or a mom had asked me to talk about compassion fatigue with our kids, which we all experience and we all have and looking inward and not beating ourselves up and being like, why am I not compassionate right now? But you know, what's going on with me, you know, and, or what's happening in this moment. So I love that. Cause I think that that can really shift our perspective when we're frustrated or when we feel like a victim, because I think there's a, There can be a parental victim when we are raising our kids with anxiety and OCD. Like, why me? You know, everyone else has perfect kids and I don't. Why me? Uh, Yes, it's such such a, a fallacy when we believe that others have it better. Uh, And we do that sort of competition and comparison because within ourselves, we've always felt lesser than. So now any moment in our life that's not perfect is a way to trigger that inherent sense of lesser than. It's not true. As a therapist, I can tell you there's no perfect child. 
There's no perfect parent. I have been the most insanely reactive parent as everyone else has at some point in their life or another. And this idea of perfection is what has plagued us in our lives. We believe that other people have perfect lives. We believe that we are lesser than. These are fallacies. And when we believe these things, we feel really crappy about ourselves. So our children come to show us that we already have these inner wounds. You know, so how can we be steady and stable within ourselves regardless of what our kid is exhibiting. So if our kid is having a tantrum, we have to be calm and grounded. But if we feel lesser than, then we're going to be like, oh, Mary next door has the perfect kid who doesn't tantrum. And Stacy next door has the perfect kid who always gets A grades. So then you're going to feel really crappy about yourself. But if you're grounded within yourself and you understand that everybody has imperfections, then you begin to lean into your kid rather than resist your kid. Most of our tantrums with our kids is because we resist the isness of who it is they are. We want Mary's children. You know, we want somebody else's life. But that that's because we have a delusion that other people have a better life. It's just not true. I've not met a single rich person, poor person, white person, black person who has the perfect life. Every life has crap in it. Every life has redemption in it. And it's up to tilt toward the latter rather than the former. And yeah. that's what this book really helps us to do is to pivot ourselves towards that powerful life of liberation and truth and power rather than pivot towards scarcity and lack. It really does. And on so many levels. And I, I love how you talk about the essence of people, you know, not loving our child because, and you can replace child with anything because they get good grades or because they're, you know, they're performing well in sports, but because you, you love the essence of them, which is such a raw love of just full yes. acceptance. I love that. Uh, The last thing I want to touch on really quick before you have to go is living moment by moment. I think that was towards the end of your book. I thought was really a helpful approach too, as far as we only have our moments. Um, And so much, so many of us, especially anxious parents who are raising anxious kids, we live in the past of, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that. We live in the future. Oh my gosh. What if she's like that tomorrow or, you know, can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. So we have been, again, trained to live in regret of the past or fear of the future. And we are not a culture that has been trained to live in the present moment. The Eastern cultures are better at that. And my book speaks to how that is a great loss for us because we're constantly projecting onto the future. And that creates tremendous anxiety. When we lean into the present moment, we allow the space for our children to be And suddenly, and this happens consistently, our children's energy returns to center as well because we are in a state of center. But if we are living in the past or projecting onto the future, because no one can really know the future, it's just a projection, we constantly live intense anxiety. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a way to live. I know through my grief, that's the only way I've been able to live. But then I'm like, whoa, I really, I, I need to embrace this because this is a lifestyle. This is, this is the way to live life and it's the way to model living life. So. Yes, yes, yes. It's a whole new perspective. And when somebody dies in our family or we have a terminal illness, that's a huge wake up call to realize we've been wasting our life living in fear of a dismal future. And it's time to wake up to the precious moments we have in the here and now. It is. It's a huge wake up call. So Everybody should read A Radical Awakening. It really is a shift in 
in really the way that you're going to live your life, I think. So thank you for putting that out in the world. We really appreciate it. Oh, I, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you found that interview helpful. I found it very exciting to talk to her after reading this book and really having a lot of my huge ahas. I can talk to her forever because it really just shifts the way that we look at things. And I definitely recommend reading it and taking what you can get from that. And I feel like when we shift our perspective about who we are as a parent, who we are as a mother, who we are as a woman, and how we view our role in raising our kids with anxiety and OCD. And we shift that. We did talk about that last episode when I talked about compassion fatigue and really looking at our belief systems and and shifting those so that they work for us and they make sense is is really important. This is a good add-on to that and a good tool to help you do that. So I hope that you're doing well. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you have an extra few minutes and you want to leave a review, I really appreciate that. And so do other parents. So I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.